Welcome back everybody, my name is Jay and I am here at the Young Adult Audio Podcast. I am a reading from the book, The Immortal Mage Chronicles, by the author Maria Grant. Um, she is on Facebook, Maria Grant Author, and her book is on Amazon and Goodreads. Check it out, support it, tell your friends. Alright, and so without further ado, this is chapter 9. My lips tingle. Calissa listens to what Zink told her a couple weeks ago, and that is to go to her mother and admit about the voice. Calissa knocks, and when she doesn't get a response, she opens the door and walks in. Her mother is sitting on the window ledge, looking out with a foreign expression in her eyes. Calissa's never seen this before. It looks like longing. Brenda, Calissa calls her mother. Since when do you call me by my first name? Brenda responds, still not looking at her daughter. Is headmistress to you? You don't want me as a daughter, Calissa shrugs. And she takes a seat in the empty chair. I figured I should stop respecting you as a mother, she admits. She swallows and looks down, messing with the rings on her fingers as the nerves start to flood her. Hmm. Brenda hums and then snorts, still not looking to her daughter. Then what can I do for you, Calissa? You sure do have some pretty big balls all of a sudden talking to me like this i just wanted you to know that ever since i was nine i've heard a voice calissa just goes for it it was it always says the same thing that the time for me to join it is soon however a few weeks ago the same voice said that it was coming for me and that it knew i was sitting in class zinc thinks i should tell you so here i am what would you like me to do about it? Brenda looks at her daughter. The women's eyes look dull, tuned out, like the woman is here in body but not in spirit. Am I supposed to care? Am I supposed to try and protect you? Truthfully, if someone is after you, then they can have you, since you've done nothing but cause me pain and trouble. Calissa f- should feel hurt by this. But she's numb. This woman has verbally beat her down for so long that nothing can even reach Calissa's heart at this point. The girl just laughs. It's a huff laugh that has no heat to it. Empty. Just like how Calissa feels. (laughs) I never asked to be born. Calissa shakes her head. You should have just aborted me if you feel this strongly. I wish I did. Brenda looks away. My life would be much happier if I did. Calissa was wrong. There is still room to hurt more. (laughs) Don't worry, Brenda. Calissa stands and heads to the door. As of this moment, you no longer have a daughter. Congrats. Calissa slams the door behind her and rests the back of her head against a nearby wall. She refuses to cry, no matter how much her body wants her to. She refuses to give that woman any of her tears. Feeling sad, 
She wants nothing more than to go to her father. But since the campus is on lockdown, she knows that's not an option. If she goes to Leo, he'll spend the entire time worrying over her when she just wants to laugh, to have fun. She wants to get her mind off of everything going on, like having no mother now, having a dying grandmother whom you actually love, and having to worry about her supposed-to-be-dead father staying off police radar. Walking down a random hallway, she sees Trevor, Chase, and Safrina all laughing together in the distance. Calissa wants to reach out to them, to say hey or something. Instead, she grows quiet and allows them to pass by. She wouldn't want to ruin their good mood. Why the long face? Calissa jumps as she hears someone in her ear. She turns around and sees Bradley leaning against the wall. What's up? Just got done seeing my evil ex-mother, Calissa responds with the slumping of her shoulders. Ex-mother? Bradley can't seem to stop his laughter from erupting. I told her she was no longer my mother, since the woman openly stated that she regrets giving birth to me, Calissa shrugs, the pain still etched in her voice. <sighs> Brutal, Bradley whistles. You don't really need her approval, though, do you? This seems all teen angsty to me. I'm sure I'll balance out eventually. Calissa thinks about it. She's never had approval before, and there's no point in chasing a ghost. I guess I don't need her approval, Calissa tells him. I can only live for myself anyways, right? She gives a half smile and tries to convince herself more than anything that what she is saying she actually believes. So, what's up with your friends? Bradley sits on the floor and Calissa joins him. What do you mean? She looks to him, confusion on her face. That redhead girl was following me around yesterday, Bradley tells her. Calissa's more than surprised by this. She caught me in the bathroom and asked if there's anything between us. Calissa does laugh at this. <laughs> I had no idea. Calissa chuckles even more. The kid was in their pain, man. Poor thing couldn't do anything but hold his prick in fear. Bradley shakes his head. Calissa bends over and laughs from the pit of her stomach. Her ribs hurt. She laughs so hard. <laughs> oh, man, this is exactly what I needed. Calissa admits, wiping out her eyes. I needed to laugh. Hold my hand, then. Bradley politely demands. He holds his hand out, and she links her fingers with his. The touch is reassuring, like coming home from a long day. Is comforting and calming at the same time. Warmth fills her. You feel this? Bradley questions. This warmth is called a connection. We're connected. It's more than a friendship. And it's not anything sexual. This is something cosmic. He lets go. Look. Find me again when you know what I'm talking about. When you're ready to see the truth. Bradley stands and is about to leave when Trevor, Safrina, and Chase come walking their way. Hey, Galissa. Trevor waves. We're heading to the gym to watch Zink and Leo play basketball. Come join us. Calissa smiles and nods. 
She turns to say bye to Bradley, but he's already gone. As she walks with the three, she can't help but look at her hand as it still tingles from the missing warmth. Going to sleep that night, Calissa dreams of Bradley. The dream feels so real, but that the time she wakes up, she has to gasp and search the room to make sure her dream was just a dream. Feeling rocked, she decides to text Zink, and he comes right over. Hey, thanks for coming over. Calissa opens the door. I hope you don't mind missing first period. It's Friday, so it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Besides, dorm lead is gone at the moment, so it should be okay anyways. Eh, Zink shrugs. I don't really care about that class anyways. You seem kind of nervous. What's up? Zink takes a seat in the desk chair, and Calissa resists pacing. She does nibble on her bottom lip as she messes with the rings on her fingers. So, Calissa licks her lips. Yesterday, Bradley and, I saw Bradley, and he said that the two of us were connected. He held my hand, and I felt this warmth zinc that I've never experienced before. Then last night, I have a dream about the guy. He and I were together, but it seemed to be in the future, maybe the past. I don't know. Maybe it's the distant future. And we were laughing together while surrounded by people I've never seen. I didn't know I could be that happy. Oh, wow. Zink wings back and wipes a hand down his face. Glad you text me and not Leo. <laughs> Zink laughs. Connections. I think I might know someone and know something about this. Can I text a guy? Calissa nods. Anything to help. In the meantime, I told my mother that I'm no longer her daughter. Calissa tells Dink. She said that she wishes she never had me. Man. Zink shakes his head. It's so weird. I had a vision of your mom and dad. You were in your mother's stomach, and she seemed so happy to be having you. But your father, his excitement was different. He was preparing for you to be born with unsurpassable strength and power. He called you a weapon. Your mother got so angry and left. It was just so weird. What? Calissa feels floored by the time, but this time takes the cake. Her family never talks about her father. She had no idea any of this even occurred. I can't wrap my head around my mother ever loving me. Calissa snorts, dismissing the notion seems much easier to process than admitting that there was once upon a time her mother left her, and now it seems impossible for the woman to ever feel that way. I know my vision, Zink urges. She did. I don't know what happened, but at one point, your birth was the only thing she could think about. I don't know if that makes me feel better or worse. Calissa admits, it's probably worse. Definitely worse. Well, Zink leans forward. I think you're going to hate me for asking you this, but just remember, 
I know my vision. I saw your dad, Calissa. Zink looks on like he's waiting for Calissa to get it. She doesn't. I saw his face. I saw his body. I heard him talk. Okay? Calissa squints as she answers. Zink closes his eyes briefly before opening them again. Is your family friend really your biological father who's supposed to have died but is really alive? Zink just goes for it. Seems like Calissa wants to run, but she's learning to stand her ground instead. She can trust Zink. She feels it. Yes. She just nods. He told me not to say anything because if the police found out he's alive, he could go to jail for faking his own death. And my mother could have to pay back the $500,000 on life insurance money. As a child, I just believed him and have kept the secret the whole time. That's heavy, Zink states. It is, Calissa agrees, feeling good to get this off her chest, like a weight has been lifted. That's why I know he's not involved in the killing of Georgia, and it's why he's so protected over me. I'm his only daughter, but Zink seems to be weighing on whether or not he should finish his thoughts. Go ahead, Calissa encourages. I respect your opinions. Just be careful, Zink says slowly. He comes and people start to disappear. He's making you keep the secret from your own family. That's not normal behavior. You said it yourself, that the voice said it wants you to join it. This voice has been with you for a long time. Don't dismiss your father because you want to see the good in him. Something about his story doesn't make sense. I, Calissa, feels sort of outraged, but sort of not at the same time. The caution is warranted. Tell him that your friends know he's alive and see how he responds. Zink presses on. Fine. Calissa relents. Zink looks at his phone. Hey, Porter responded back to me. Zing starts reading off his phone. Wow, you know someone with a connection, bro? Who? Let me meet them. Connections are typically only found in immortals. Their spirits are powerful and strong, so they live on practically forever. The connection is considered to be a bond mate. Some bond partners are married, best friends, etc. But they always find each other, no matter what. Zink looks up and Calissa is glad to be seated because if she were standing, she would have fallen over for sure. But I'm not. She points to herself in disbelief. I'm in my room. True. Zink rubs at the back of his neck. But Porter said typically right. So that means you're probably the outlier. That's why Bradley insists it's not sexual but deeper. Calissa thinks on the man's actions. We're drawn together. I can feel that. But I don't feel like it's lust or love. It's something more indescribable. Jeez. Zink laughs. Leo's going to flip shit when he finds out. Calissa bites on her lip to keep from smelling so hard. <laughs> Leo called me his girlfriend. Calissa whispers as if there's someone else in the room listening in on them. That makes this hard then. 
Zinc visibly swallows. I had a vision of Leah laid out badly hurt and crying. I'm convinced the voice you're hearing and the kidnappings are tied together. I'm also convinced Leo is going to be used as bait to get you to join whomever. But that's so awful. Calissa grabs at her chest to think that her Leo could get hurt because of her. Makes her want to cry. What can I do then? Leaving Leo isn't even an option. Not that he would ever allow it anyways. Get strong, Zinc states firmly. Protect him. Get strong and protect him. That is home to Calissa. She can't control most of the things in her life. But this she can. She'll get strong. And she'll protect Leo. She must. Taking Zinc's advice to heart. As soon as he leaves, she decides to call her father. He quickly picks up. Hey, Dad. Calissa greets. Hey, honey. Comes the response. Look, my friend Zinc knows you're really my father. She just blurts out. I'm going to tell my boyfriend Leo about you as well. Zinc had a vision of you and knew what you what she's cut off. What the hell is wrong with you? Her father practically shouts, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. We decided that you wouldn't tell anyone that I'm alive. Remember? He already knew. He saw you in a, a vision and this girl Abigail had taken your photo. Again, she's cut off. There are photos of me around and someone was able to actually see me in a vision. The man seems to be talking to himself and not Calissa. Not acceptable. I have to go. Calissa's father hangs up and she gets this sickening feeling in the pit of her stomach. A feeling like maybe she just put Abigail or Zinc in danger. Not knowing else to do, she goes to third period class. What she has with Leo. Hey, you weren't in first period. Leo whispers. Hey, skip with me. Calissa whispers to him. Leo frowns but follows, leaving behind her just before the teacher actually arrives to start class. Yo, what's going on? Leo bumps shoulders with her before chancing to grab her hand. She doesn't mind the contact this time. In fact, the more she touches Leo, the easier it is. Calissa thinks she's been so uncomfortable with people touching her because her whole life she was told by her grandmother that she wasn't allowed to be touched. It's probably all just psychosomatic. Let me see what I have to say, okay? Calissa takes a deep breath as Leo nods. She walks him into a secluded corridor and starts to whisper. <sighs> Bradley thinks he and I are connected, so I asked Zink what that meant. And Zink said some kid named Porter and said that some kid named Porter said is usually common and immortal. Calissa just blurts out. Probably since they live for so long, they get eternal partners to go through life with. It's not always sexual. Most of the time, it's actually friendly or sibling-like. But yeah, Calissa pauses. That's not all. She continues. I hear voices, which you knew since I was nine. It's always said that it wants me to join it. But when I ran out of class that one day, it was because a voice said that it was coming for me and knew I was in class. It freaked me out. That part you didn't know. Wow. Leo just keeps on listening. 
Then there's my family friend. Calista can't even see Leo's reaction right now. She just keeps going. He's really my father. The man who was supposed to have died all those years ago, but really didn't. My father told me to keep it a secret for legal reasons, but Zink said for me to tell my father and that Zink knows about him and see what happens. The fuck? Leo whispers. So, Calissa drags on. I told my dad and he flipped out. I admitted that Abigail took his photo and Zink had a vision of him, but my dad just hung up the phone and that was that. Then there's the fact that Zink had a vision of you badly hurt because of me and he's convinced someone is really after me all along and might use you to get to me and I have to get stronger to protect you. She stops talking and takes a full minute to just breathe. Chancing to look at Leo, his jaw is wide open. And he looks to be in shock. It actually makes Calissa chuckle a bit. <laughs> so, uh, that's what I've been hiding. Calissa does jazz hands and now Leo chuckles. <laughs> I mean, you know, thanks for telling me. Leo steps closer to her. I think I probably need a minute to process. Yeah, yeah, I completely understand. Calissa nods. Leo rubs a hand over his face. <laughs> Shit, Calissa. Leo chuckles a bit. You have so much going on. I'm not sure how you keep it together, but hey, I'm here in whatever way you need me. The more you explain everything, the more I heard Zink's name, though. I'm glad you two are close and good friends, but just know... That you can come to me as well, even if you just need a listening ear. I do know that, Calissa rushes to say, grabbing onto Leo's wrist. It's different with him. He's like my best friend, my first friend. I sometimes wish he were a girl. I like going to him for advice, but that doesn't mean I don't care about your opinion or that I don't want to go to you as well. I want you to know everything about me. It's just, she has no idea what she wants to say. Hey, this is about you right now. And I keep making it about me because of my jealousy. Leo smiles. Don't worry about that. I'm glad he's a friend. I'm also glad to hear you want to get stronger. It sounds like a good idea. I should get stronger too. We could all use a little bit of strength training. Tell me about it, Calissa snorts. We could get a few teachers to do some after-hours work with us, Leo suggests. But hey, you just poured out your guts to me. Let me repay you. Um, let's see. I'm afraid of the dark. Uh, last year, I bought my bed because I had a dream I was on the toilet. Um, I used to be afraid of car washes and spiders make me scream. <laughs> what? Car washes? Calissa leans into Leo's hands as they grab her face. Yep. Leo nods. He brushes their noses together and then leans in for a kiss. It's Chase. And as he pulls away, Calissa finds herself going in for a longer one. His lips are soft and the kiss is slow. She takes in the feeling and fouls it away to memory. Her first real kiss. She moves her mouth open a little bit and Leo stinks, sticks his tongue in. 
It's a weird feeling, but not unwarranted. It's like his tongue is massaging her own. She revels in the feeling as Leo sucks on her bottom lip. Feeling this surge of energy flood through her, she breaks apart to catch her breath. Wow, what was that energy just now? Leo questions, eyes looking dazed. Calissa wants to know the same thing. I'm not sure. She admits, my lips tingle. She laughs as he joins in as he confirms his does as well. Let's go back to your place and just chill, she offers. It's been a long morning. That it has. Leo agrees. The two go back to Leo's and they watch Netflix and they eat delivery until Zinc joins them around. Six. The rest of the day is just spent being teenagers. The next week flies by with no drama, luckily, and no Bradley. The only thing that does happen is Trevor complaining about a toothache. He had an appointment at 11 in the morning today, which is Wednesday, but it's now 4 in the afternoon and no word from him. One of us should have went with him, Chase says as he paces. Three cops went with him, Abigail points out. They told us to sit this out while he went to his appointment. We had the address. Yes, Chase agrees, but he never sent us a text saying he got there safe. And we still haven't heard word. I'm worried. Something's wrong. He was taken. Hey, don't spread false rumors, Lier says sternly. We don't know if he was taken. Stop being in denial, Chase screams. This is how people die because others sit around for too long and not do anything about it. Fine, Abigail huffs. I'll text the damn detective. She starts firing off text after text and after 10 minutes of brutal silence, Abigail gets a call. Yes? What? No, um... My dorm court, my dorm room, corridor five in the Easton building, room 515. She hangs up and her face looks drained of color. Calissa gets a sickening feeling. The detective didn't want to worry us, but Trevor's missing, Abigail says dumbfounded. Calissa closes her eyes and grips onto Leo's hands tightly. Larson is coming here. No. Lear cries out. Fuck. Chase screams. I knew it. Zink, get a vision, please. Zink nods and closes his eyes just as the knock comes on the door. Chase is the first to open it and step Detective Larson. Zink opens his eyes and shakes his head. Kids. Larson nods to everyone. Look, I know this is scary, but the GPS tracker and the tooth wasn't installed properly and led to an inflamed gum. It was supposed to have been a standard fix. However, between the installing of the tooth, somehow the dentist was killed and Trevor was taken. No, this can't be reality. It can't. You have to get him back. Chase grabs Larson by the shirt. This is your fault. Get him back. Get my friend back right now. Please. Calissa has never seen Chase so distraught before. It pains her. We're working on it. 
Larson promises. Look, the fact that they waited until the tracker was removed means someone has been inside the school spying. They knew what was going to happen and went to strike. Calissa bites on her lip and thinks about Bradley. He's strong, and he performed a spell that raised that bird. Maybe he can teach her to track? I have an idea. She leaves before anyone can even say anything. She uses them being distracted to track down Bradley. It seems like any time she thinks of him, she's able to find where he is in the library, fourth floor. He's reading a book on airplanes. Hello. He puts the book down to look at Calissa. Do you know how to do a powerful tracker spell? She just goes for it. Powerful enough to overpower a blocker spell? Do I get any more information? Bradley raises a brow. No. She deadpans. Well, I do. But I think asking Professor Lyman might be a better option. He has all the ingredients to do one, and the spell I have, I got from him. Bradley responds. She really wants to question Bradley about what he just said, but time is of the essence. Thank you. She flees from the library and goes to Lyman's room. He's still wiping off the board when she enters. Professor. No questions asked. I need you to help me perform a tracker spell powerful enough to overpower blocker spell. That's seriously dark magic. Lyman looks concerned. I didn't ask if it was dark magic. Calissa looks at him, fire in her eyes. Please, Professor. I don't care what I have to do, but I'm not leaving without doing this spell. He looks like he wants to protest, but something flickers in his eyes. Fine, he relents. However, performing spells work better when the mage is of a high color. I don't care, she tells him. He looks to her, then nods as he roams around his class for different herbs, roots, liquids, and a bowl. He places them on the counter and starts directing Calissa on what to put and where and how much. For this last part, he tells her, you need some of your blood? She swallows and nods. The teacher hands her a knife and she pricks her finger until blood spurts out. She lets the blood drain into the bowl before taking it off her paper towel to wrap it on her finger. It hurts like hell. Chant these words, Lyman tells her. Calissa closes her eyes and hovers her hand over the bowl. I seek Trevor Cannon. I call upon the energy of the earth and the power within to reveal what has been cloaked. Reveal him to me. I demand you to reveal him to me. Trevor Cannon reveal to the goddess earth I plead. Track Trevor Cannon. She says the words, and within a minute she feels herself go into a trance. Her voice sounds deeper, almost like a robot. She feels her eyes open, but can tell they must be different because nothing looks the same. The room looks brighter, feels colder. Your eyes... She can hear Lyman say this, but her mind is in a haze. She feels a surge of energy swarm through her body and her back arches. Gasping, she stops speaking as her eyes roll into the back of her head. She can feel Trevor, his distress. She doesn't know the exact address, but she can find Trevor. She did it. 
Coming down from her high, she feels the lingering of the spell. It tangles. There's a faint red string-like thing that appears before her. She starts following it, not even care that Lyman is desperately calling her name. She reaches in her phone and texts Leo to meet her with Larson. She can track Trevor, but they have to hurry.